Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. I'm not going to be before you long. I'm going to give you this word that God has given me. We're starting a new series today, and I want you to uh, prepare your hearts and your minds for it. God is a good God, and he wants to take us to a land of more than enough. He wants us to have more than enough of all of our needs met, and I'm here to tell you that he is working on our behalf. Your praise is part of it. Your obedience is part of it. Your stewardship is part of it as well. So you can't make just these confessions and not do what you need to do in naturally speaking, right? You can't be a spendthrift, thrift, thrift, thrift. What, how do you say that? Spendthrift, someone who's always spending and, and, and expecting God to bless you. So you have to be a good steward over your finances, and you gotta, you got to be open to, for the Lord to lead you to cut back stuff. I'm telling you, cable is one of the biggest wastes of money. I know that that's not popular, but I'm telling you, don't say, oh, I don't have, I don't have what I need to pay and honor the Lord with my tithes, but you're, you're spending $200 a month just on entertainment. And you can't even look at all those channels, you know. So I, I don't know why I'm on that, but it is what it is. Um, your entertainment is not more important than your, than your spiritual development. Let's leave that alone. Okay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity to share with your people the word of God concerning the leadership of the spirit. I thank you that as we go into from faith to faith, from strength to strength, from glory to glory, I thank you for strengthening us giving us utterance. I pray that you would give me supernatural utterance. Holy Spirit, I look to you. I rely on you like never before. May I speak as the oracles of God. Use this mouth of clay to speak to life into your people. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we are going to start a new series today. I reached out to my designer, my designer graphic designer, and he did not get back to me quickly. So um, we don't have the wonderful designs that we normally would, but it's okay. I st it still doesn't stop me from preaching the series, right? Sometimes you, you get caught up in um, things and, and you want the designs to be right, but it is just, it is what it is. What did they do in Jesus' day? Did, did Jesus have a graphic designer? Uh, probably not. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're gonna talk about the leadership of the Holy Spirit or the leadership of the Spirit. Um, this is something I'm very passionate about. Uh, very few people uh, have that, I mean, very few Christians are proficient in allowing the leading of the Spirit that I, I know. I always put that that I know because there are people that I don't know. There's a lot of people that I don't know. So let's go into this. I'm going to take my time through this series, and it will bless you. It will save your life if you listen to it. And I'm not just saying that because of what I'm preaching. I'm saying it because of, of the content of the matter. Amen. Romans 8. Let's go there. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verses 12 through 17. <coughs> Romans 8, chapter 12 through 17. I'm reading out of the ESV. Romans 8. It says this. So then, brothers and sisters, 
We are debtors, not to the flesh, <coughs> to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will what? Die. <coughs> you will die. Excuse me. Let me get something to drink. All right. Let's try this again. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, but to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, if you by the Spirit, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. This is what is called mortification. Or say mortification. Mortification is the putting to death the deeds of the body. But you should not just do it on your own, but by the Holy Spirit. And it goes on and says, <coughs> for all who are led by, okay, so if you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery or bondage to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits, or our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Amen to the reading of the word of God. <clears throat> Go to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Proverbs 20, verse 27. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. This will be our text for the entire series. Proverbs 20, verse 27 says this, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. Um, King James says, The spirit of the man, uh, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. So, um, we'll expound on that in a minute, but I just want to share with you the leadership of the spirit the Lord desires to lead his children daily. God leads us first and foremost through his word, his written word, that is, which is his revealed word, his purpose and his plans. So many times Christians are looking for the will of God, but if they just find themselves in the word of God, they will see that God's will is known throughout scriptures. Some people are more concerned about the unknown will of God than they are about the known will of God. So the Bible is God's known will of God. If you want to know God's will, you got to spend time in the word. It is, it is ridiculous for you to pray, God, show me what you want me to do, and you're not faithful in reading your Bible. Right? We, this is how God operates. This is something that you can take to your grave. That God will not give you more light Will you not walk in the light that you're walking that you have now? So you must walk in what you know now in order for him to give you more. And so God's will is his word. His word is his will. His will is his word. His word is his will, and his will is his word. So God reveals to us his will in his word. So you must spend time daily in the word of God so that you can know his will. 
He tells us what not to do. He tells us what to do and so forth. And so before God can give you his unknown or unrevealed will, you must first operate and know his will. God has given us everything that we need to overcome in life. He has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And I will say this. <clears throat> the greatest need of the church today is the renewal of the mind. Some people say, well, we need to be more socially active. We need to do more social justice. We need to get rid of racism in the church. Or we need to feed the hungry. Or we need to solve problems in the community. And all those things are true. But the greatest need in the church today is the mind, the renewal of the mind. You cannot know and do the will of God with an unrenewed mind. Oh, that's deep. You cannot do the will of God and know the will of God with an unrenewed mind. Our thinking is screwed up. <laughs> we think according to the flesh, therefore we live according to the flesh. You and I need to spend time in God's word. Why is it so hard? Why does the enemy fight us so hard to spend time in the word? He'll allow you to spend hours and hours and hours and hours on the internet and television and movies and yet you can't even spend 30 minutes a day in that word. You need to be in the word of God every day. I'm around a bunch of, I have a job and I'm around a bunch of unsaved people and they use the F word every other word. And if my mind is not renewed, whatever I'm hearing will come out of me. So don't tell me you don't need to hear the word of God or you don't need to feed the word of God. We are, we are constantly in contact with people who are not born again, who is of another spirit. And as a Christian, I don't need to use the F word. I don't need to. I took my sons to the first professional um, baseball game and a bunch of young people around me were cussing and using the F word, word and using the B word and drinking and ah. And my son looked at me, oh. I was like, yeah, but you don't do it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not trying to shield them from the world, but they got to know what's right and wrong, right? right. And so you got to renew your mind so that you can help renew your children's mind, your grandchildren's mind. Because guess what? You're living in a time where things are changing with marriage. Things are changing with the way people look at life and marriage and kids. And so if your mind is not renewed, your children's mind or your grandchildren's mind are not going to be renewed. So the, the greatest need in the church today <coughs> is to have a renewed mind. Some people want a church without the word. Um, they would like to have just praise and worship services. Uh, they, 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 they love what we just got finished doing, and they want the whole service to be like that. Listen, that's not church only. That's a element of it, but it's not it. If the only thing you do is, oh, Lord, I love you. I worship you. You shout and, and you rejoice and, and that's all you have. Then when it's time throughout the week to fight your battles, you have no word to fight with. You have a song. You know, this is how I fight my battles. And you walk right into temptation. <laughs> Yeah, you fight your battle. The word is the only thing that's going to keep you, not a song. Amen. I love praise and worship, and we need it, and it's part of the word of God, but it's not complete. It's not the only thing you need. 
You can praise. There's some people who are great praisers, but lack. They're not good stu students of the word. And we need to be students of the word. We need to have an abundance of the word of God in our lives. All right. Um, and so, you, we, if you have no word, you have no church. <laughs> the second greatest is, the first greatest need is to renew my, the second greatest need in the church is learning how to follow the leadership of the Spirit. Now, if you can learn how to follow the leading of the Lord, you will go from victory to victory to victory to victory to victory. God, the Holy Spirit, will never lead you contrary to the Word of God. He'll never lead you to commit adultery. He'll never lead you to get in a relationship while you're still married to somebody else. I'm preaching better than y'all say amen. And so, so I want you to know that God's God, Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. So he's not going to lead you. Oh, Lord, let me not to pay my tithes this week. Now, that is not true. Well, Lord, let me to use my tithes to meet someone else's needs or to go to um, New York City and pass out food. So I use no. You need, if you want to do that, use your 90 percent. And not the Lord's 10%. <laughs> People are funny. People are funny. They do use an excuse. I, I just, you know, I just, I don't believe in tithing. I just believe in um, giving as the Spirit leads. And sometimes the Spirit leads me to give more. You are a lie. You know you haven't given more since you have got off the, the, the will of God concerning tithing. So I just laugh at people. I don't argue with them. I mean, there's some of my so-called friends who don't tithe. And, and they just, they use excuses. Well, I just give liberally. Well, you, you I mean, I just think, I think we should have um, a contract. You know, sometimes if you invite artists or you invite different speakers, they have a contract. Let's say, especially if they come out of town or they're well known. Um, I think the local churches should have a contract. Do you believe in the Trinity? Do you believe in the inherent, inerrancy of scripture? Do you believe in the reality of heaven or hell? Do you believe in tithing? I mean, I think that would just cut the gospel artist industry right out. I guess you ain't coming to KLM. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just think about these things. All right, let's get back. I only got a few more minutes. Um, so the second greatest need in the church is learning how to be led by the Spirit. How does the Lord lead us? How can you distinguish between the leading, his leading in your own mind? How can you truly hear from God? How can you truly discern his voice? Um, God wants to lead his children. There's two ma major reasons why people recognize the leading of the Lord. They don't recognize the leading of the Lord. One is they lack the knowledge of how he leads. And two, they have unrenewed minds. So sometimes when you talk about the Lord spoke to me or the Lord let me, they're looking for uh, the writing on the wall, handwriting on the wall. They're looking for a sign. Don't be like DMX. Give me a sign. God is not going to give you a sign. Uh, well, God, well, this is just an indication that God wants me to do something because I saw a billboard or a commercial. Don't You are not to base life decisions on commercials and billboards or someone giving us a prophetic word. I believe 100% of prophetic, but you can be deceived by prophetic words. Amen. I mean, people could prophesy. One minute they could be right on, and the next minute they could be right off. So you need to judge every prophecy. If I give you a prophecy, and if it doesn't line up with the word of God or your spirit, throw it away. Throw it away. No, nah, I don't believe that. No. Nah. Um, I mean, somebody says, oh, this is going to happen to you. 
And, and, and that prophecy gives you fear. Throw it away. Throw it away. And I'm telling you, people are deceived. They'll move across country based on a prophetic word. They will. They'll marry somebody based on a prophetic word. Don't you, don't you ever marry somebody because God spoke to you or God used a prophetic voice to tell you to marry somebody. That's the wrong thing to do. You better make sure you're compatible. That's basic common sense. People in the world know that. Do y'all like the same things? Do you, are you going in the same direction? Uh, what a, it's amazing to me that you get in a relationship with somebody, some people, <clears throat> and they allow their, the voice within that relationship to be stronger than the voices around them, the voice of safety. People who know you longer, you're willing to abandon them to listen to a new voice that you just met. That is the dumbest thing in the world. To listen to somebody you just met and not listen to the people who know you the most. Financially, oh, I just, you know, I just, you know, I mean, if you get something from the Lord and it's really from the Lord, you don't have to hide it. So, well, what do you think about this, Pastor? And be willing to say, well, I think you're off. I think this is not the will of God. Don't ever, if somebody comes to me and say, I heard from God and this is what God told me, you just tied my hands. I cannot do anything. I cannot say anything because you say God told you that. If you come to me and says, I believe I'm here from God, but pastor, what do you, what, what do you think? Can you, can you pray with me? Can you think through that with me? I've done that. When I met my wife um, and I wanted to marry her, I wanted to get my parents' approval. I wanted to get her parents' approval. I wanted to get her pastor's approval. I got my, Pastor Powell met with her, Lady Vanessa at the time met with her, Dr. Odessa, um, that, uh, Cleveland's mom met with them. I actually, actually had Cleveland approve of them. I mean, I had a group of safety, young and old, to approve of my wife, or my girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? What's that? Uh-uh. She never met. She was home with Jesus before she, Courtney came around. You understand that, right? Yeah. That you got you that that's safety. I'm telling you, I'm not going to enter into a covenant with somebody without my cloud of witnesses around me affirming that. You know what? I think this is a good thing. Doctor Odessa took me out to eat and sat down with me, asked me hard questions. My dad took me out to well, not out to eat, but he asked me the hard questions. So why not be willing to? This is your life choice. You can marry the wrong person and die. There's a young man who didn't, his parents didn't approve of the young lady. He got married to her anyway, and they were out in Grand Canyon, um, Grand Canyon um, in Arizona, and the lady pushed, her, pushed him off. You remember that? That was in the news. I'm telling you, you better listen to the, 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 the sound wisdom and say, uh, and somebody says, I just don't think something ain't right with that person. You better take heed to that, right? There's a reason why. Now, now, you. And you're not basing your whole life on other people's, but I'm talking about spiritual people, people with wisdom. Don't, don't neglect or, or negate the, parent, the wisdom of your parents, even if they're saved and unsaved. Now, if they're totally demon-possessed, don't listen to them, right? But if they have some kind, they live longer than us, so they know something a little bit more than you and I. So it's best to listen to them. Let's see what they have to say. Now, if they're totally not walking with God, that's one thing. Or they're not just totally under the influence of, of the wisdom of the devil, then that's another thing. But you want to make sure that you submit to wise counsel. 
that can save your life, save your job, save your house. Are you with me? Amen. I mean, that, that's worth you coming all over here because the Bible says there is safety in the multitude of counselors. And so as you seek, as the Lord leads you to which counselors, you want to bounce things off of them. Before I took this church as a pastor, me and Courtney and I met with the elders of Agape to make sure that they felt like they were hearing from God, that we were fit for the job. Some friends was like, just go out. You don't have to listen to man. And I'm telling you, people who did that, they completely fell on their face. I left, I came in with blessing to a church, and I left with blessing. And so you want to leave with blessings. Before I moved back to, to New Jersey, or before I went out to Oklahoma for ministry school, um, I got my, my parents, of course, and I got my pastors involved. Do you know my pastors called me up and prayed for me and sent me out to Bible college? And prayed their blessings on me. And then I was involved with the church out there. And before I came back, they laid hands on me and sent me back to New Jersey. I'm telling you, there is something to this. Not just stepping out on your own because you heard from God. You better check you heard from God with someone of spiritual development. Amen. And before, and so I, when I left that church, they, they, not only, they ordained me, and they sent me 2000 took up an offer and sent me $2,000 back to New Jersey. <laughs> and then when it was time for me to um, um, leave Agape and come here, I got the blessing. Are you with me? I, this is not in my notes. I'm telling you, when you leave your house, if you're a kid, you want to leave with your parents' blessings. That's for the young people right here. <laughs> you want to leave with your parents' blessings. When I, when I left to go to Bible college out in a, a strange land in the Midwest, my parents got around me, my brother and my sister at the time, and, and we prayed and we cried. And my, brother, my dad grabbed me and he kissed me on the side of my face. He said, now I release you to the will of God. I, I receive you no longer as my only as my son, but now you're my brother. And I send you out to do the will of God. And he prophesied over me. How I many know that that's the way it should be? Lead, should be. You shouldn't leave out of a place of rebellion. A, a place of, because then you leave in one place of drama and you're going right into The way you leave is how you're going to end up. So you want to leave with the blessing. You leave your church with a blessing and go into another church with a blessing. And if that pastor says, go call Pastor Dwayne, I served there for 10 years. And yes, he can verify that I was a good person and I was faithful. Every pastor that I've ever served under, you can call. They say I was a tither and I was active in the church and I brought people to the church. I, filled, I tried to fill up every church that I could. And I didn't, I didn't know, the, I mean, I knew I was called a pastor, but I, I wasn't trying to pastor anytime soon. I thought I was going to pastor in my 50s, maybe 60s. I wasn't trying to pastor in my 30s and 40s. You know, but, but I'm telling you, you want to leave with a blessing. You want to leave a job right. <laughs> right, right? Because you, you never know what you end up. You may end up right back where you, in, you came from. And you're like, how did I get here? Another opportunity. I'm telling you, you want to leave right. Well, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you expounding on your notes? Because the Spirit is leading me to talk about this. Leave your job right. Don't burn bridges. 
Because you may need that bridge to cross back over one day. You, I mean, I never thought I was going back into secular world. I, I was cool. Like, I was good. Like, I was like, yo. And listen, now, Lord, let me open up an opportunity to me, for me to work. I went from one position to one weekend position to end up getting a full-time. They called me and said, we got to have you, Mr. Wright. We need you on our team. And they would call my references, and, I, and all my references, oh, he's a good worker. Oh, he's good. Oh, you, you, got, you got a good person. And I'm telling you, that there's, and then I, look, then I got scripture on it. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who was in full-time ministry for a season, the Lord led him into us, back into the tent-making season for a season. So the Lord led me off my job to be full-time for about two years, and he led me back into a job. And so I'm in good company because Apostle Paul did it. <laughs> Second Corinthians, come on, read it. He says, you know, I'm going back to work for the sake of the gospel. I don't want to take my offering because right now you think I'm taking, doing this for, the, for money. But I'm going to work and not take a dime, which is rightly, which, which is rightly mine, but I, 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 I give, that, give over that liberty so that that won't be a hindrance to the gospel that I'm preaching. So he worked. Amen. This guy worked. He, he had more faith than anybody I know besides Abraham. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, walked in more revelation, and here he is going back to work in the secular field, and yet he has this great call that's going to change the entire world. I think little PD can do that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Amen? It's not forever. It's a season. But while I'm in that season, God graced me and gave me strength so we can better yet serve the community and the word of God. Let's continue. So Romans 8. Romans 8, chapter 12, talks about being led. The Spirit of God will always lead you in line with the Word of God. The, the decisions that I make, I make based on the Word of God, the leading of the Spirit. All right, let, let's look at a few things before I, I let you get to the buffet. Um, Y'all don't really do buffet. I don't know why I say that every week. It's just out of religious habit. <laughs> um, so we're called to be spirit-led and spirit-filled. And this thing says I had 32 seconds. Um, let, me, let me change this real quick so it won't go off. And then I, I, won't, I promise I won't go past whatever the Lord leads. Um, the decisions um, that, that I make is based on the word of God. We're called to be spirit-led and spirit-filled. Say, so I'm, I'm called to be spirit-led spirit and spirit-filled. Listen, it is your responsibility to recognize the leading of the Lord and to follow it. I know that it's hard, but you got to do what you got to do in order to hear from God. And when I say hear from God, I'm not talking about hearing a voice. We're never called to hear a voice, to seek the voice of God. We're called to seek the guidance of God. That will save you. Don't look for a voice. Look for the guidance. Because voices, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, there are many voices in the world and none without value. You don't look for voices. The voice of the Lord came to me. You look for the leading of the Lord, the guidance of the Lord. And one of the ways that many Christians miss it is they're looking outside instead of inwardly. God never leads the believer from the outside in, but he leads the believer from the inside out. Amen. God will not lead you based on external circumstances. He'll not, lead, he'll, he'll not ask you to pay your tithes if, when everything is going well. He says pay your tithes 
even whether things are good or bad. And I'm telling you, we went through a season of 10 years of famine. Everything told me to shut this church down and give up. Financially, things were horrible that has ever been. We got in more debt than we've ever been in our entire life. Guess what? We're on the other side now. We're on the other side now. And I'm telling you, it, it, I'm telling you it, it may be a long season of suffering, but if you step, keep doing it. And one day, we, I just made up my mind. I looked at the bills, and I looked at my wife, and I said, don't go on it. I hit the, I hit the table. I said, we're going to pay tithes if I have to live off the street. You, we got we to do something because I'm not going to dishonor the Lord by not honoring him with my tithes and offering. And I'm telling you, the job that I got now is a result of my tithing. And when I went to Enterprise, I was sitting down, and I said, I'll never share this, but the Lord is leading me to share it. Um, I was sitting down, and they were interviewing me. Here, this older gentleman. I'm not out of the, right out of college like that. And, and they said, and the word of the Lord came to me as I'm sitting down for the interview. He said, and you got this because you're a tither. Right out of the blue. I wasn't thinking about no tithing. I was just trying to get this job. And he said, you got this because you're a tither. And the job that I have now, I walked right into it off the street. And, they, and, and they're telling me, this guy who's 39 years, who's been at the job 39 years, he says, young man, how do you get this job? He said, do you know they go from the weekends or seasonal into full time? You mean to tell me? He said, I don't, I don't understand this. They, never, they don't do this. Who do you know? And the person I knew found out after I applied for it, after I had my first interview. And the Lord said, you got this because you're a tither. And I'm telling you, it pays to tithe. It pays to obey God with your finances and your lifestyle. I mean, don't, you can't pay your tithes and be a drug dealer. God ain't going to bless you. Well, I'm trusting the Lord to bless my business. Let me pay this tithe. You know, some people actually think that. You can't be a prostitute and, and Lord, just give my 10% while I make this money. No, God ain't going to bless that. You got to live right. And sometimes people... Um, they said, well, this tithing business don't work. No, you ain't working right. Because what it is is that God does his part, but what are you doing with the 90%? So not only do you have to honor the Lord with your tithes and offering, but you also got to be good stewards of the 90%. So if you're spending everything you got and using all your credit cards, you can't expect, okay, God, get me out of debt. All my needs are met. I got plenty more to put in the store, and my debts are paid off. And you're spending that you, contradiction. It's not happening. That confession will not come to pass because you're disobeying the laws of in sync with the word of God. So you got to do your part. All right, here we go. Um, never seek the voice of God. Always seek the guidance of God or the leadership of God. Let's go to a few scriptures before I let you go. Um, uh, let, let's, let's go to Romans 8. Go back to Romans. Well, you're in Proverbs, right? Proverbs 20, verse 27. Let me just expound on this real quick. Proverbs 20 and 27 says this. The spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts, his innermost parts. God is going to lead us, first and foremost, through his word, then second, through our spirit man. It says the spirit of man is the light lamp or the candle of the Lord. So the Lord is going to enlighten you by your spirit man. Your spirit man. The real you, you are not your body. Mm 
Say, I'm not my body. I'm not my mind. I am a spirit. Now, the part of us that is made in the image and likeness of God is our spirit man. So we are spirit beings. In one sense of the word, we are in the same class as God because God is a spirit. And so we are spirit beings. And so when you understand that you are a spirit and God's going to lead you by your spirit or through your spirit, then you're on the right path of following the leadership of the spirit. Sometimes we are looking for the leading based on external signs, external feelings. I feel. Don't ever say, don't ever look to your feelings. I feel led. Because you live it by, you, we're not called to live, walk by feelings. We're called by walking by our faith, not our feelings. Sometimes you feel like praising, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like reading your words, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like coming to church, and sometimes you don't. You don't do stuff based on your feelings. Don't be in your feelings. Get in your faith. It's in your faith is where it's at. The devil will whip you in your feelings, but you'll whip him in the realm of faith every time. Amen. So don't live by your faith, your feelings. Live by your faith. And so God is going to enlighten us by our spirits. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. He's going to enlighten you or give you understanding by your spirit. But most Christians that I know don't even know that they are spirit beings. We live in a natural world. We contact the natural world through our bodies. We contact the mental world through our minds. But we contact God through our spirits. When we got born again, our bodies didn't change. You didn't go from being skinny to fat or fat to skinny. Missing teeth or not missing teeth, right? None of those things change. If you had yellow teeth before you got saved, you have yellow teeth after you got saved. That doesn't change. If you were bald before you got saved, you were still bald after you got saved. I mean, it doesn't, your physical being doesn't change yet. Now, there's a day that you're going to receive new body, a new body. But right now, when you get born again, your spirit gets, now your mind doesn't get changed. When I say your mind, I'm talking about your intellect, your personality. You don't change your personality when you get saved, right? Um, you, you don't, like if you were having, most likely having struggles with dirty thoughts before you got saved or gossip or cussing, most likely you probably still have those problems after you get born again. So that doesn't change because you get saved. Now, sometimes it does, but for the most part, it doesn't. So that's why the importance of the renewing of the mind takes place. You have to renew your mind in order to get those things out of you, of not yielding to profanity and not using, uh, living off of your anger. Okay, and your spirit, man, let's go to the scripture in John chapter 4. Got two scriptures, and I'm finished. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Verse 24. Sorry, verse 23. But the hour is coming, and now here, when the true worshipers will worship this Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. So the way we relate to God is through our spirit. Our spirit. All right, let's go to. 
First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter five. And we'll pick up on this next week after um, after this. First Thessalonians chapter five. Verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that man or woman or humanity is a three-part being. You are a spirit. You don't have a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. Why do I repeat that a lot? Why do I, why is great emphasis? Because we live, we, sometimes we pray in our soul, from our soul. We worship out of our soul. When God is trying to get us to worship out our spirit, you, you are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Say, I am a spirit. I am a spirit. I am a spirit. And I possess a soul. And I live in a body. Okay. Open your eyes. When you die, your spirit and your soul will go up to be with the Lord. But your body will be left alone. The Bible says, faith without works is dead like the body without the spirit is dead. So if your spirit leaves your body, your body is going to die. It's going to decay completely. It's going to be gone. So you, the real you, is your spirit. That's why when you read the Bible, you may not understand everything that you're reading, but your spirit is being fed. The Bible is spirit food as well as soul food. It will feed your spirit. Jesus says, the words that I speak, they are life and they are spirit. So as we read the word and meditate the word, that word is feeding our spirit man. Don't go another day and starve your spirit man. You need to feed your spirit man. Peter talks about the hidden man of the heart. Paul talks about the um, inner man. You have a, the real you is not what you see, what you take a shower with every day. The real you is your spirit. And your spirit is the part of you that is born again. Your spirit is the part of you that you contact God. When you pray in tongues, it's not the Holy Spirit praying, it's your spirit praying. If I pray with my spirit, my understanding is unfruitful. When I pray with my understanding, you know, I understand what I'm saying. I'm praying for my, my soul realm, my understanding, my intellect. But you need to pray with your spirit and with your understanding. So you are a spirit being. Not, you don't possess a spirit. You are a spirit. That's the real you. And God created us in his image. And in the Hebrew, it, it says that when he created Adam, he created him as a spirit, a speaking spirit, a speaking spirit. We have the ability to speak even as God speaks. We can take his word and we, we, we believe with the heart or with the spirit. You don't believe with your mind only, right? Or you don't believe with your soulless realm, but you actually believe with your spirit. You know, you know there, there's some things you hear, it goes right here. It doesn't, it, it, sometimes you can't understand it with your mind. There's a place for the mind in the Christian but, there's, but, but we need to develop our spirit man stronger. Your spirit needs to be stronger. The stronger your spirit, the more you can stand. The weaker your spirit, 
the quicker you fall. You got to build your spirit man up. And a couple of ways you build your spirit man is through the word of God. As you feed on that word and you pray in the Holy Spirit, you pray in tongues. As you pray in tongues, you're praying out. The Bible says um, in Jude, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. As you pray, just like we go to the gym and you work out. Some of us do. <laughs> Some of us don't. You work out. You are building your physical man, right? But spiritually, when you pray in tongues, you're building your spirit, man. As you take the word of God and you read and meditate, you build your spirit, man. My last scripture, I promise. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Chapter 3, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. <coughs> For this purpose or this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit. Where? In your inner being. That he may grant you to, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. You need strength in your spirit. We're talking about the leadership of the spirit. How the spirit is going to lead you, he's going to lead you through the, your spirit man. And as you become more aware that the fact that you are a spirit, then you will understand the leadership of the spirit better. Because we've been trained in our physical body. We, we've been trained with our mind somewhat, our soulless realm. And we expect God to lead us based on our understanding, based on our external being, situations. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart or all your spirit and lean not. Don't, don't, not, not, don't, do not, not, do not neglect your understanding, but don't lean on it. Don't lean on your understanding. But trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your spirit, man. Trust in the Lord with all your spirit. Trust in the Lord with all your spirit. I trust you. The Holy Spirit, let me, let me say this, and, and this will make more sense to you as we get into it next week. The more, the more you understand your spirit, the more you understand the leadership of the spirit. The Holy Spirit, in one sense of the word, does not live in your physical body. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. The Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The real you is your spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit. Where, does, where do tongues come from? From your spirit. You don't get tongues out of your soul. So the spirit, the Holy Spirit within your spirit creates the, the utterance, and you do the speaking. Your spirit does the speaking. So when I pray in tongues, what's happening? My spirit is praying, and my mind is unfruitful. I do not understand what I'm saying. So what, what's happening? The Holy Spirit is creating the language in my spirit, and my spirit is doing the praying. So when you hear somebody pray in tongues, the spirit is praying. 
Now, you can pray in English or in your native tongue in the spirit. Just like you can receive tongues from your spirit, you can receive supernatural utterance in the known language. Sometimes when I preach and teach, it comes from my spirit and not my mind. Not from anything I prepared, not anything I've heard, but it just comes from inside out. That's utterance. Those are supernatural utterance. Are you getting into this? You are a spirit being. Sometimes what I, when I minister, a lot of times I try to minister not to your head or to your physical or to your emotions, but I go after your spirit. I, I speak to the spirit of you. There was a young lady. She was um, in a coma. She was out. Her grandfather said, in the name of Jesus, I command your spirit to rise up now. And the girl came out of the coma. Do you know that though the body may be in a coma, the spirit is still alive? That's why you need to be careful when you're around people in comas. They still can hear you spiritually speaking. And you have spiritual ears. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Wayne? Where is that in the scripture? Well, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. I wasn't talking about your physical ears. <laughs> your spirit man has ears. Today, if you hear my voice and harden not your heart, Today is the day of salvation. Don't harden your heart. If you have ears to hear, let them hear. Hear with your spirit. You have your eyes have your, your spirit has eyes. How do you know that, Pastor Dwayne? Pastor Wayne? Ephesians 1. God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. <laughs> So now I just proved the case that you have ears, spiritual ears, and you have spiritual eyes. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> you got to feed your spirit, man. I'm going to end with that. I want you to take this week, and I want you to confess throughout this week, I am a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. Look yourself in the mirror and say, I am a spirit. When you're brushing your teeth, I am a spirit. What does that mean? I am a spirit. I am a, when you floss, I am a spirit. I am a spirit. I, well, why, why am I getting you to confess that? Because I want you to become more aware that you are spirit. And I promise you, by the authority of the word of God, that as you are more aware of your spirit, man, you'll be more aware of his leadership. Father God, we thank you for this time. And I pray, Father, that your people will rise up and develop their spirit, man. They would train their spirit, man, to hear from you, to be led by you. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.